down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Hello everyone and welcome. This is Karen Schoen and you're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. This past week was President's Day and I really had a problem with that because when I was growing up on February 12th, we celebrated President Lincoln's birthday. And on February 21st, we celebrated George Washington's birthday. But the communists running the school system have decided that George Washington is not worth mentioning. And now they hardly mention him. Most of their focus, I'm sure, is on Obama, not the founders of this great country, which is why we are in such a mess. Well, George Washington, aside from being an incredible person, was very religious and truly believed in man and the fact that man should be able to govern themselves. And too bad that most of our legislators don't know who he is, don't take clues from him, and don't pay attention. Because when he was asked to be king, he said no. When he was asked to continue a third term, he said no. And he should have set the tone and did for a long time. Until now, what is setting the tone are a bunch of trannies that are busy having the trans story hour to a group of kids that can't read, write, or do math. So I wanted to read to you a couple of very important quotes that are so pertinent from 230 years ago to today. And George Washington had incredible insight. He also believed that a two-party system would bury us. And he said about that, however, political parties may now and then answer popular ends. They are very likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, unprincipled men will be able to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engine which have lifted them to unjust dominion. Now, if that doesn't sound like today and we would be having a conversation with him, then I don't know what is, because these people have stolen our country let alone the election. He also said when there's no vision, there's no hope. And this is what's happening with our children. We are not giving them a vision of a future where they will succeed. We are giving them a future 
that is chosen by someone else. And when someone chooses your future for you, you have no hope of being yourself. He said, make sure that you are doing what God wants you to do, and then with all, do it with all your strength. Well, that is something as a solution. We have to bring God back. Because one of the things that the Chinese learned early on is that if you take God out of the picture, then greed will take a turn to evil. Because greed and power become the force not doing good, which is what morality and God is all about. He said, the last official act of any government is to loot the treasury. Folks, if digital currency becomes a thing, we will be looted and there will be no turning back for a very, very long time. And last, he said, freedom and property rights are inseparable. You can't have one without the other. I don't think people understand that property rights are not just a piece of land. They are the things that you own, that surround you. They are yours. And most important is you, your person, your health. And without that, which the government is trying to usurp and take away and dole out their idea of health care, then he is 100% right. We will have no freedom if you are begging someone for your health. And so, my friends, this is one of the topics that I felt we should really talk to people who are entrenched in the healthcare industry to see what has been happening and how Obamacare has probably destroyed the best healthcare system in the world. Yes, it had flaws. Everything has flaws. Let's wake up, folks. There isn't anything in this world that's perfect, except maybe me, but that's a different story. And so what we have to understand is where we are going and make sure, I believe, we can get out of this mess some way, but only if we know the truth and we really know what's going on. So we are very fortunate today to have two wonderful gentlemen who represent an organization called Not On My Watch. Stu Rosenbaum is an entrepreneur. And it is very interesting that I think the majority of the people in this organization are doctors like Alf Garbutt. Many doctors, and I know my uncle was one of them, don't really know a lot about business. So the fact that Stu is there to guide them should make this organization something to be very exceptional. Thank you, Stu. Thank you, Alf. Uh, for joining me today and not on our watch. Can you tell us, uh, Stu, can you tell us what is not on our watch? What are you doing? Yeah, thanks, Karen, and thanks for having us. Um, so, you know, first I'm going to say this. That was a great um, preamble to your show. I, I just, I love it. There's definitely the 
the core flavor of patriotism that I think is so important. Um, I was a businessman in California of all places, Silicon Valley for, you know, decades. And, um, you know, I wasn't very politically active really until COVID came about and uh, began to witness, you know, some of the things that were occurring, particularly lockdowns. Of course, this is uh, pre-vaccines, pre-mandates, um, and just the lockdowns themselves. When I started, you know, the first thing is I bought into the two weeks to slow the spread. And um, then what I saw was, you know, the numbers had waned for COVID. And in California, a lot of businesses were allowed to reopen. It, you know, it was open for maybe a month. And then there was a little spike. And some of the county health officers, particularly the county I lived in, decided that businesses should shut down, particularly and including all the restaurants, even the ones that opened up, you know, outdoor seating and tents with heaters, et cetera. Now, my background was in the merchant service industry. Uh, I was a CEO of a company that served tens of thousands of small businesses. So I was intimately connected uh, with, you know, really the, the heartbeat of a small business or a small business owner. And when I saw they were closing things down again, I thought, you know, there's something definitely more to this than just a virus. Somebody is really pushing these buttons and, and they're going to be uh, very nervous. And ultimately, my wife and I decided we we're going to leave California. We came to Florida and we moved here in March of 2021. And this is, uh, I guess, around the time that the vaccines were starting to pr proliferate. At some point, I watched President Joe Biden talk about his mandates. And I think he was on a CNN news show with Anderson Cooper. Cooper asked him if he thought police, fire, you know, firefighters or other first responders should be fired if they didn't get the shot. And here's the president of the United States. He just on national TV said yes. And they're going to be very nervous because I've never seen a president of the United States make that kind of a move against his own people. And that, that made me realize there's a lot more to what is happening here than we really know. And so I turned to my wife, who happened to be in the kitchen there with me. This ain't happening, not on our watch. And really, that was just the spark. And I quickly got together with uh, a few friends, a particularly influential guy named Kirk Mossing, whom we refer to as Captain Kirk, uh, ran a cigar club called the Asylum 13 Cigar Club, where he had a lot of uh, you know, influential people, business people that would come on Saturday nights, smoke cigars, hang out. And he asked me to talk to him about what I was thinking. And uh, I gave a talk for about 30 minutes. And I said, we just need to organize. I told him the story that I just told you about how the name came about. And lo and behold, there we were, Not On Our Watch was formed as an organization. And that was, uh, I think it was sometime later in uh, 2021, around September, October. What? are you focused on? So our initial focus was to fight the mandates and to educate the population on rights, understanding the Constitution. You know, one of the tactics that's used against the population is when they're no longer knowledgeable about the things that should be protecting them, like, you know, the Constitution of the United States, particularly and even uh, the Constitution of the state they live in. One of the first uh, ideas was to 
make sure that a lot of people are getting educated, even to the point of giving them a course or something that they could read that would clarify some of the harder uh, terms that were used. But to use that knowledge that they would get, channel that knowledge into becoming active citizens. What we describe as an active citizen would just be someone who is willing to take a stand, you know, whether it's uh, send an email, write a letter, go to a protest, have a personal in-person meeting with one of their congressional representatives or state representatives. And that's what we call an active citizen. You know, somebody was really doing what citizens are supposed to do, which is run their government. And so our focus was to take that education that we were providing and help them channel that into something that was uh, near and dear to a lot of them, which had to do with their own medical choices and medical freedom. In in this particular case, just being anti-mandate and how do we fight the mandates? As a result, we were able through uh, Congressman Gus Bilirakis, who's Florida District 12, we're able to influence some legislation, although it's very difficult because, you know, you have a, a Democrat president and Democrat Congress at the time. You know, that was our focus. How do we change the the laws and the legislation that could make a difference, you know, for people's health choices? Well, that is a terrific goal. I believe that if we ever took a look at what the Florida health care laws are, we would be shocked and they need to be redone and rewritten because they give too much power power to the state, especially a state who is concentrating on elder care. The elder care laws are horrific. But fortunately, we do have a good governor and a fabulous surgeon general. The two of them have laid a course for Florida, which was quite different from the other states. Uh, Dr. Alf, you are in Clearwater, Tampa area. Oh, you are also in Florida. Okay. Yes, I escaped from California. You escaped an escapee. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I would ask you what you feel the difference was. It could be, um, I would imagine there's quite a difference, and we can talk about that after. But I had a question for you. The thing that upset me most today and got me started off on the wrong track was the WHO, and I don't mean the rock group, the WHO. I mean the World Health Organization, that O'Biden is going to be signing us into and allowing this organization run by the communist Chinese to dictate our health policy? What is that all about? My, my opinion, first, I'm going to clarify, whatever I say is my based on my First Amendment uh, rights. So any of the black cats listening, I know you don't pay attention to the Constitution, but I'm exercising that right. And it's based on my experience, education, and what I've learned from other intelligent people. So this thing on the WHO, first of all, it's unconstitutional for him to sign that without the Senate's approval. And it's also illegal, as best as I know, for an outside U.S. entity to control us and make any laws on us. It's totally illegal. Uh, he may sign it, but it it's illegal. And also, they have no power to really exert on us. In fact, I was just re- uh, reviewing some documents on them. This one document saying that the who may be uh, may have the internal mechanism to check corruption within the agency, but it has no independent law enforcement power and structure to fully enforce its health rules around the globe. So yeah, they can 
do things to themselves, but they're not a, an elected entity. It's these people who are appointed. Plus, if somebody really looks up the background of the fellow who's running the organization, it's not very good. It's not very clean background. So I'm very against people like this uh, trying to tell us what to do. Plus, the past history the, in the last two or three years showed they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, you look at the new data coming out, how effective masks were. There's none. There's a Cochrane review. This is like a systemic review, systematic review of the primary research in healthcare and health policies. So they look at many research articles and things published, and they kind of look at what's the common denominators. And it's considered the highest standard of evidence-based healthcare. And it's showing that masks don't work, especially on viruses. They do work on bacteria because in my office before when I was practicing full time, if somebody had pneumonia or bacterial infection, I put a mask on, I put a mask on them. And it helped because the bacteria is so large compared to a virus. I mean, we're talking about maybe a basketball compared to a BB, those kind of differences in size. So, but on viruses, it showed the research shows it does not work, it doesn't lessen contamination. So they're totally wrong on that. No real research showing you got to stay six feet away from each other. Again, no research really backing that up. So they're putting out this and the CDC is putting out these regulations and re recommendations that are based on no real science. It's never happened in the past that we would quarantine and isolate the healthy it does not work on uh, reducing the spread of diseases. Now, I'm all for quarantining someone who has a infection that's known to be transmittable close to somebody. I'm totally behind isolating them because I've been on cruise ships where people had some kind of respiratory infection. They put them in isolation and it worked. But to take the whole crowd of people and children, it's not based on any science. It's just trying to control us and get us accustomed to being controlled and ordered and standing in line and doing all these things. So the who is totally wrong. And the research coming out by the honest people are showing that. You know, Fauci and these people say, oh, listen to the science, follow the science. To me, science is truth. I don't consider a person a scientist who is not interested in the truth. I don't care how many PhDs they have. I have the equivalent of about three PhDs myself. So I have a lot of education, but I don't care what a person's credentials are if they're corrupt, if they're taking money from some entity that wants to corrupt data. So a scientist is someone who really wants to know the truth and researches it or double checks research to, to do that. Well, when Fauci and these people were saying like, you know, listen to the science, follow the science, he's lying. And like now history is showing that's true. When we look at this, the who is totally off, off on this and pushing these things that they call vaccines. They're not true vaccines. It's like they change the definitions to allow these jabs to fit under the category of vaccines, but they're not a vaccine. They're genetic modification therapies that could not get approved before because they could not prove them being safe. So again, it was corruption trying to say, oh, we're going to use this emergency act to use them because if there's a known therapy for something that works, you can't use that act to approve a new experimental treatment, but they suppress data on like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other things that already was proven in the past and accepted. 
but they suppressed it. And then they start having, now it's coming out because of Elon Musk, the evidence that there was planning to suppress the truth and, and squash anybody's like Twitter accounts and other accounts who were talking about the truth in the matter so they could push their agenda. I'm in what's true, what's right. If these shots help people, I would be out there telling people to do it. But from the very beginning, my wife heard me yelling at the TV and all this stuff <laughs> about because of my background, extra background training in immunology, physiology, and biochemistry, I could see this is a scam and this doesn't work. And she'd hear me yelling, <laughs> yelling at the radio and the TV about it and telling her and my and friends, this is a scam. Don't go along with it. Because also knowing how vaccines basically work, I go, this is not going to work. It's just going to genetically modify people's bodies. And there's no off switch to this. You know, I've been with Dr. Tenpenny and McCullough and Malone. He also was uh, running a security team uh, to protect them at one event once. So also hearing them and talking to them about these issues. And I totally go along with the majority of what they're saying. This has no real background in science. And even McCullough, who I highly admire, this man is the most published person in the world regarding research on hearts and kidneys. I mean, this is elite. And he's out there putting his reputation and life at risk, talking about how these things are no good and that they're the most toxic vaccines ever put on the market. You know, so we got to look at the honest people. So I know I'm ranting about this, but if this is what's going on. And I'm I'm up in arms on it because it's harming our society. It's putting my grandchildren potentially at risk. So far, they've avoided getting these experimental genetic modification. But some of these states like California other, are just forcing it in and trying to force them and force them to do it even now. Like in California, one of my friends was telling me how the, the suburb of Los Angeles they're in. They have like a little, it's an informal city council that's been voted on by the locals and they kind of coordinate with LA city council. Well, the city council rep for their area is telling them, you have to get vaccinated. Otherwise, we're going to take you off this committee. And it's like trying to force them even now to get vaccinated. Again, where there's no proof it works, does not mitigate or lessen the spread or the severity of these things. And that's why they haven't come out with more and more boosters because they don't work. Viruses mutate on a constant basis, pretty much. So that's why they don't work. That's why we have to keep coming out with new, quote, va flu vaccines every year because it mutates. And the powers that be have to predict which flu is going to come out next year. And it takes them almost a year to make these batches and then put them out there. And at best, they only work 25% of the time. Placebo is around 33% of the time. You know, so it's just this whole area is a scam. For now. I was going to ask you, understanding who these people are and knowing what their agenda really is, what would be in those vaccines are, is there an agent that could be in that vaccine that could affect another disease that the person might have that might accelerate it? it I mean, yes, is that I, the way it would work so that they don't have to say died of the COVID vaccine? Well, the data I'm getting from what I consider honest experts is that these jabs have, and I don't even call them a true vaccine, the jabs, they're genetically modified material. They're man-made genetically programmed material. The analogy is 
I have a computer program and I put it on a CD and I give it to you and you put it in your computer. It has commands in there to make your computer do something. So these things, when they get into our cells, it gets into, there's a part of the cell called a ribosome. That part of the cell makes proteins for our body. So it's like putting the computer program into there and saying, make these spike proteins. And so the body makes spike proteins. And what the spike is like when you've seen drawings of supposedly what this virus, coronavirus looks like, it's a ball with these spikes sticking out. That's the spike protein, the things that are sticking out. So it makes those. The theory is our body then is going to look at that and make antibodies against it. That's the idea. Now, there's research coming out from Dr. Artis, who he's found patents and other materials showing that some of these pharmaceutical companies have been experimenting with snake venom for different uses. And that there in some of them, there is the program, the person's body to make some of the uh, the uh, snake venom. That's the evidence he's found. Now, snake venoms work kind of three different ways. One type attacks the nervous system and short shuts it down and that will make a body die. Another one makes a body bleed and hemorrhage and then a body dies. And the other one is it makes blood clots and makes the body die and then a snake can go ahead and devour it. So there's three different ways depending on what kind of snake it is. Well, he's found the evidence that they've been testing like cobra venom, Chinese crepe uh, snake, and some other ones, these poisonous things, and also poisonous sea creatures. And, and getting it so a person's body can theoretically start making those. So that's another potential threat. And that's why there are people hemorrhaging. There are people with blood clots. The, like one of my friends I was talking to is a scientist. He says, I pay attention to what the morticians talk about. He's looking at how the undertakers are reporting how many bodies are piling up and they're having to buy refrigeration units to put the bodies in because they can't cremate them fast enough compared to what they used to do. So they're having this cold storage them until they can get around to this. And when they try to embalm them, the weird things that are coming out when they try to drain the blood that they never encountered before. They're, where they're pulling out these clots that are almost rubbery in nature and not like other clots. So they're reporting these highly unusual things coming out since then. Some of the honest pathologists reporting higher numbers of cancers that they're seeing that they never saw before. Stick around because Stu and Dr. Alf will be right back. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything.
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You are listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go to goflca.com and find out what you can do in your state to emulate some of the things that the Alliance has put forth, like... We just passed a law last year that says a parent can opt out of a sexual program if they don't want it for their child. We say a parent should opt in, but the legislators wouldn't allow that to pass last year. Well, it's time for a clarification and a change. The other thing we are suggesting, and hopefully everyone in Florida will call their legislator and say, vote for this, when money is given out in scholarships and grants, and they go to public school students, private school students, or charter school students, they should also go to homeschool students. Homeschool is just as important, if not more important. So tell your legislator when education bills come up that they should vote, yes, a parent should opt in. So that means the school has to describe the program before they are able to present the program to that child. And the transgender programs and what they are pushing on our children is horrific. And I'm going to ask Dr. Alf about that in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to share something with you. I don't know how many of you have read or know the book by um, W. Cleon Skousen, who wrote The Naked Communist. And he was an FBI agent in the 50s. And he read the Communist Manifesto and focused on chapter 
13. And in the Communist Manifesto, there are 45 goals for communism to take over a country. On chapter 13 is a list of 45 goals of communism. And Representative Herlong from Florida in 1963 read those goals into the congressional record. So if you want to see where those goals are and what they have accomplished, just Google 45 Goals of Communism. Representative Herlong from Florida in 1963 read those 45 goals of communism into the congressional record. So they should never be forgotten. But of course, when you're working with a group of people that are communists, they will have you forget anything and everything. I wanted to read you one of these goals, goal number 32. It says, support any socialist movement to give socialized control over any part of the culture or education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, health care, and individuals, etc. What do you think is happening now? As we lose more and more of our wonderful doctors who just wanted to make sure that their patients were in the best that they could be, the best health that they could be, and were subdued, canceled, censored by this government, we know we're in trouble. And if you remember a while ago, Sarah Palin said when she was running for office that Obamacare will have death panels in it. Well, Obamacare does have death panels in it. So once you reach that wonderful age of 75, it appears as though you are a useful idiot or a useless eater, as decided by the communists, the globalists. Folks, the only thing that ever changes from program to program to program, from year to year to year, is the name and the delivery system. Everything else in communism is very simple. The state owns everything. You are subservient to the state, period, finished, end of story. And unfortunately, through what we call elite capture, uh, this is a term that Peter Schweitzer in his book, in his latest book, talking about communism, has said that the communist Chinese have gotten to where they are mostly through what, they, what he calls elite capture, which means that if you give out enough money to the right people and give access to the greedy in uh, Hollywood on Wall Street, then they'll capitulate. They'll give up, and now we know that they will even give up their country because America to them is just another country. They've got houses all over the world, so if America falls apart and is dirty and garbagey, so they'll move someplace else. They don't care, and nothing was more evident of them not caring than O'Biden giving $143 million to Turkey, who, by the way, hates us, Syria, who hates us, and nothing to those poor people in East Palestine, Ohio. Doc, what 
do you think could be the ramifications of those chemicals going up as they're telling us that there's nothing wrong and the air is fine? Do you think that the that the people who are there might have any repercussions from that? Severe. See, vinyl chloride is one of the key things that were was leaking there. Vinyl chloride, according to the EPA and other entities like that, it's highly carcinogenic. I think with uh, OSA, which is the government uh, uh, OSHA, they monitor uh, worker health safety. I think it's one part per million per eight hour shift you can be exposed to if you're working in an industry that uses that. One part per million of the molecules in the air and stuff. So this is huge amounts. And I'm trying to be nice, but I have to say who the idiot that made the decision to burn it is a fool because that uh, puts it in the air. And then when it mixes with water in the air, it creates like, I think it's hydrogen sulfide, which is a <laughs> very caustic acid. And that's going to be raining down and stuff. But that vinyl chloride is getting in the, the water system, going downstream. I have concern it's going to get in the Mississippi and it's going to like damage things all along there. And then possibly some of it getting into the Gulf of Mexico and damaging our seafood. And I'm, I have vested interest. I love shrimp and seafood. So I'm worried about that getting contaminated, just even for myself, jokingly. But it's carcinogenic. And it's just such corruption that the, these government agencies pretending they're not going to do anything about it until finally when Trump said he was going to go there, then all of a sudden now they're going to do something. You know, but it's like, this is highly, highly poisonous substance. I mean, I was watching an interview with a, a fire chief who's a specialist in toxic uh, spills. And he's been like for 38 years, this is his area. And he's going over how this has never been done in our history before, where you put it on fire and you blow it up into all these different things with these rail cars. You're supposed to water them down keep them cooled down so they don't explode, so they don't catch on fire, but yet these people put them on fire, you know, doing things like that, it spreads it. So it kind of makes me either we have gross, gross incompetence or it was intentionally done. And apparently I, just, I didn't get a chance to follow up on it, but I saw some link where there's supposed to have been a movie about the same thing in the same town a year ago that came out. It's like, really? You know, but this is toxic, plain and simple. It can cause a lot of cancer. If I lived in that area, I'd be packing up and out of there and uh, as soon as possible. Yes, and this is extremely excruciatingly sad because yeah. the chemical plant nearby just blew up also. Oh, yeah, Folks, incidentally. We, yeah. Yeah, co yeah, coincidentally. We are in a position right now where these things are going to be happening more and more and more, I believe, for a couple of reasons. One is the negligence of maintenance. Two is the fact that, yeah, they do want us dead. They want our land. They want everything that we own. So if, if they can have a war and they don't have to pick up a gun, but they kill people by putting toxic chemicals in the air and going, oops, Sorry, then here we have the beginning to me of a mass genocide. How many processing plants have blown up our food? 
think about that one. We are seeing more and more of this, but a large portion of it, I believe, is coming from the leadership. And these leaders are suffering from what I call the affirmative action syndrome. As we have grown up in our years, as the desire to dumb down the American populace, we have made all of qualifications looser, not tighter. We have eliminated any kind of exam that chooses the best. So what do we have in our organizations now in our bureaucracies? We have a group of people that talk and act like Kamala Harris. She's not joking. She's talking to her constituents, and that's the way they talk, because that's what they have been learning in school. This is a total effort to dumb down the people, to destroy America. Why do they want to destroy America? Because we have the greatest resources, and China doesn't have them. The one thing China does not have is enough land to feed its people. So what do they want? American land. And I believe, look at what's going over and coming over the border. So as they are killing us off with the vaccine, they're bringing in millions of people who have probably not been vaccinated. Think about that. Your replacement will not be vaccinated. And that's what they are looking to do because Americans are too expensive. Our salaries are too high. And they have every desire to increase their profit at our expense. And they will do that over and over and over again. Before the break, I happened to mention that we have chromosomes in our body that dictate what sex we are. And I wanted to ask you, Doc, if I decided today that I wanted to be a man, could I change those chromosomes and I could be a man? Does that work that way? It's absolutely impossible. Because every cell pretty much in our body, except, you know, is, has these chromosomes, you know, and uh, except for, I mean, you know, some of the sperm cells, a little different phenomena, maybe, but basically, all our cells have these chromosomes, and it's impossible to change every one of those. I know they're artificially cutting off different body parts and giving people hormones and drugs to you know suppress some of the hormones and every time i think of that boy i i feel compassion for the people because i cringe knowing how because i've treated so many ladies with hormone imbalances and just knowing that and seeing the suffering they've gone through with you know like low progesterone or too much estrogen and things and they they're playing around giving this to male bodies it's going to be a nightmare. There's also, that's why they have a very high suicide rate. I think it's somewhere like 40% or something like that. I'm, if I remember right, that's happening because this has a mental effect. Just like once I want to do an experiment because I use like a natural progesterone cream with some women and men make a little progesterone. I th experiment. I'm going to put some on my body and see what happens. I had severe depression happen 
in like a couple of days. And all fortunately, I go, oh, well, what changed? What happened? I mean, this was severe. And they were like, you put progesterone on your body. I just wanted to see. I got to see. <laughs> you know? And fortunately, I didn't do it anymore, and I went back to normal. But for me, it's what turned on. So now they're likely, if they take some young man giving progesterone and estrogen, and he starts getting depressed, then they're going to give him a psychiatric drug for that. He doesn't have a Prozac deficiency or a Paxil deficiency. You know, they're playing around his body chemistry. And also with a female, you can give her high levels of testosterone and force her body to make certain manifestations, but it's still going to mess it up. It's just not made for that. The, the internal chemistry is not designed to take those, you know, high levels or to suppress it, you know, to give them these chemicals that are hormone disruptors that depress it. So they're, they're damaging these people. It's malpractice in my point of view, and it's a crime against humanity. It's, it violates the Nuremberg Code, just like the Nuremberg Code has to do with experimenting on people without truth informed consent. And that's the same way with these jabs. They did not give people true informed consent, and they violated the Nuremberg Code. And I hope somehow they get around to prosecuting some of these people for it because it was a mass experiment plus also trying to kill off our population i saw the videos with bill gates talking about reducing the world population mm -hmm. with vaccines i had the link to him giving a cia briefing in 2010 laying out this whole scenario he described this whole scenario about a pandemic and frightening people so they'd be lined up around the block to get the jab, basically. He's describing that to them. Then I saw the video. So it's not me taking on with somebody else. So I went and found that. So, you well, know, they, I mean, they have been uh, trying to kill us off for years. And it's up to us to get that education and get our kids out of those indoctrination clinics, folks. You don't want to be the parent that walks into your child's room and looks at them as they are laying there and they have passed away in the night because they were so depressed. You don't want to be the parent that experiences that for your child, and you certainly don't want your child to have that. Um, this is to me, this is probably the most evil thing that anyone can do is to experiment on a child that has absolutely no idea what their life can be. And instead of teaching them how wonderful it is to be a man or how wonderful it is to be a woman, and there's nothing to be afraid of, they want to mutilate them and they want to mutilate them because of money. The abortion industry is a one-shot deal. You have an abortion, you could take a pill. End of story. Bad enough, we're killing babies, but that's the abortion industry. The transgender industry, that is an ongoing thing which gives them revenue for eons to come, as long as that person is alive, you have to take that medication, you have to have that surgery, you have to have whatever it is. So it is a cash cow and they will push it any way they can because the ends justify the means. Stu, I'm saving you for last because 
we have to discuss, yes, medical freedom for Florida and what we can do as a solution for all of this. Uh, we know it. Now we know it. Now we see the problem. What can we do about it? Well, there's quite a few things we can do, and thank you. But let me, uh, I want to tell you about an article I read, I think it was today. And it's an article about government now tracking vaccine recipients. And ironically, I actually saw a news report on uh, Fox Business News about teachers' data now going into databases that were teachers that were unvaccinated. So, you know, the, the, the concern that we all have to have is who hijacked the U.S. government? Who's hijacked our institutions? Okay, who is really calling the shots? And I think uh, Dr. Garbett probably touched on some of that, but how do we defend against this? I mean, you have, uh, you have the Democrats still have a majority in the Senate and they're in the White House. So even if we came up with great legislation for our federal government or the U.S. Congress, it's not likely that that particular party is going to back us because it's going to make their uh, current president look bad. But I think what we have to do is we got to turn states like Florida into complete firewalls. And if you if you understand the U.S. Constitution, all the powers that the Constitution doesn't specifically name are generally left to the states. And if you think about what is the United States of America, the United States of America is really a, a group of people that came together with a common philosophy, right? And then that philosophy was, uh, you know, transmitted into the Constitution. So how we protect ourselves really is through legislation. And in the state of Florida, you mentioned this earlier, Karen, there's, there's some... Uh, there are some laws in the books that are still very dangerous. Uh, there's one, it's a Florida statute. I think it's 380.0015. And within that statute, it still allows for forced isolation, forced quarantine, and forced treatment. And the problem we have with that is who makes that decision? The person who makes that decision is a Florida unelected bureaucrat. Now, I think today we have a very good Surgeon General who um, is very in tune with personal freedoms, but that could change. You know, the same thing with our governor. We have a governor who really, you know, shows that he wants to protect his people. But again, that could change. What if uh, Charlie Chris won the last election? Would he act as DeSantis acts today? So the only way that we can really defend ourselves is by changing the laws or making sure that the laws that are on the books protect us and give us our choices for medical freedom. And I think you've interviewed in the past uh, attorney, Sean McBride, who's put a lot of time into this. Sean has come up with a point, a list of about 22 specific laws that either need to be added or changed. And uh, recently we heard an announcement from DeSantis that he was all for passing legislation uh, that would protect medical freedom in Florida. One of the most important things that we can do in that legislation is to ensure 
that we take it out of the hands of an unelected bureaucrat because who knows who can get to that bureaucrat, you know? You know, could it be a vaccine maker who wants to co-opt that bureaucrat to make sure that everybody has to get vaccinated? I mean, it's just too simple. So we just need to enter in um, laws that, you know, provide for specific due processes, maybe a panel of judges that have to listen to evidence in a case of, uh, you know, forced isolation or quarantine or forced treatments. And so that's basically what um, we're mostly focused on with not on our watch right now is educating people to then talk to their legislators to help uh, to make sure or ensure that we get these specific laws passed or the bad laws removed. And part of the way we do that is uh, we put together a training course on how to be a citizen lobbyist. Uh, it's a great course. People can go to our website, notonourwatch.us. You can learn more about that, okay? Um, really just the, the key to it is to get enough legislators on our side that say, yes, we wanna change it. Now, what can happen from there? If we can influence legislation, pass the right laws, okay, we still have a chance that a future uh, legislative body could change those laws. So how do we handle that? Well, ultimately, probably one of the best things we can do would be to amend the state constitution. Now, if Florida can have a state constitutional amendment that would protect people's health choices, um, you know, and medical freedom, et cetera, we could then be the leader that um, helps other states with the same concept, you know, if it happened in Florida, maybe it could happen in Texas, maybe it could happen in Pennsylvania, and on and on. And potentially, ultimately, this could end up being a U.S. constitutional amendment, okay? Now, the good thing about the U.S. constitutional amendment is, and I guess, if, don't quote me on this, but I don't think it is specifically dependent on the Congress of the United States, who doesn't seem to be able to get a lot done these days. OK, uh, a convention of the states ultimately one day could vote for this type of an amendment to protect people's medical choices, medical freedoms. And I don't know if you have much time, but I, I just having studied this from it, you know, so uh, Dr. Garbett and I took taking two different approaches on this, and he is definitely the medical expert. And even though I'm a business guy, I've kind of looked more into the legal side. Like I'm not a healthcare professional, but uh, I guess you could say I'm, I'm kind of like a human care professional. You know what I mean? And I think the most important facet of what we're doing is to really uh, protect people's, not just their medical rights, but ultimately their human rights, you know, their constitutional rights are part of those. And, uh, Having gone through a lot of the study, I mean, I saw um, so many things that stack up that show us that our government or government institutions have truly been hijacked. I mean, you know, looking at different articles, uh, CDC conspired with big tech to censor Americans and destroy the informed consent principle, which, again, is something that Alf brought up earlier about informed consent. Um, another article or Pfizer executive concedes that the COVID-19 vaccine was not tested on preventing transmission before release. Well, we watched commercials for a year about being safe and effective, 
And they lie. <laughs> yeah. That's it. They lie. I'm sorry to cut you off. I don't mean to do that, but we are running out of time. So I'll have to ask you if you will come back and then we can continue the conversation, which I think would be wonderful. Um, so we will make arrangements to do that. Gentlemen, please tell uh, where you can be found. Let's start off with Sue, and please give the name of the website and any social media where people can find you. Yeah, I think the easiest is just to come directly to the website. It's www.notonourwatch, that's all one word, dot .us. Okay? So okay. very important to remember the dot .us. And yes, everybody, remember .us. Don't do what I did. I put in .com first, and I was told it didn't exist. So remember that it is .us. And Stu Rosenbaum, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, this you, has Sarah. been – it is wonderful to meet people who are dedicated to telling the truth. It really is Wonderful. So thank you. Dr. Alf, where can people find you? Probably the best way is also through not, not on our watch to go. If somebody needs to send an email, send it there and it'll get forwarded to me. That's probably the best way for now. Okay. That is wonderful. Well, thank you both. And I cannot uh, thank you enough for all of the great information. This is so important, folks. Remember, the communist globalists consider you their property. Remember what Hillary said, it takes a village. Well, who do you think that village is? Let's not be the village idiots. Let's do something about it. Let's boycott. Remember, vote with your wallet. Boycott, Woca-Cola, boycott. Bed Bath & Beyond, well, you won't have to worry about that because they'll be out of business. Uh, definitely get a, rid of Direct TV. And Smithfield Ham, by the way, is owned by China, our enemy. They are our enemy, although they are not carrying guns. They are carrying words. And in this case, words are extremely important. So thank you all for listening. This is Karen Schoen, and you have been listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, goflca.com. Learn what you can do to help a child learn to read. The greatest gift that you can give someone is teaching them to read. Please, folks, check your grandkids, check your kids. Make sure they know how to read, write, and do math. You won't be disappointed. Thank you all for listening. See you again next week. But I'll